God did one of those numbers last night and this morning. And so, if you're a man here, you can uh, go ahead and you can play with your flash. I'll give you, I'll give you like 15 seconds to play with your flashlight. You know you want to. You know you just got to like, uh, just like get it in there like bam, 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 bam. Okay, enough. I had a message that I felt the Lord uh, share with me ab- about our sermon series two weeks ago. And then this morning, it was like the Lord just put a pause on that. I'm like, oh gosh, I hate it when this happens. How many of us know that it's better to obey the Lord than to try to do it your own way? Happens, happens all the time where we're going to be put in a p- position to either do it our way or, or obey the Lord. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna, to uh, read 1 Samuel chapter 15. So if you've got your Bibles, the whole content, our whole content today is going to be 1 Samuel chapter 15. So that's all we're going to be. Uh, talking about today because there's a guy in the Bible here who has opportunities to obey the Lord or do it his own way and his name is Saul and he's the king of Israel and uh, he's the king before David and and I believe there's a lot that we can learn from the life of Saul and Saul to me is is one of the people in the Bible that I look at and and I, I could see myself being like that Moreover, I look at, at Saul and I see the potential that Saul had and, and what he was called to do, and yet he totally, he totally didn't uh, fulfill that. And what's, what's even uh, cool about, uh, about uh, this is that, it's not really even cool, but it's just uh, kind of a, a little nugget, is that Saul was king of Israel, and if you don't know the background, God handpicked Saul. He chose him. And so, and Saul makes a bunch of huge mistakes. How many of us know that God doesn't make mistakes? Right? Does God make mistakes? Okay, so we all can agree on that. So if God handpicked Saul to be king of Israel, and this guy is a horrible king, was it God's mistake that, that he picked the wrong person? Absolutely not. But the thing is, is we have this incredible gift called free will, and out of that, we can step into what God has called us to do, or we can totally fumble it and screw it all up and be handpicked by God. So we're going to read the life of Saul, and this is chapter 15 to me is like one of those chapters that's like, oh my goodness, it's so crazy. So we're going to read this. Are you guys ready to hear the word of the Lord today? Can you see what happens sometimes in church? Like we, you know, we get points. We like, we like to, you know, kind of like get, you know, fired up and this, that, and the other. But then what happens is sometimes we go into reading the Word and people start falling asleep. Isn't that messed up? That the life-giving Word, this thing, this is, this is the thing that has life, the Word of the Lord. When that's, I believe it's the devil. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. I believe it's the devil that when we start reading the Word of the Lord, people start getting all dreary-eyed. I really do. I think that's just the devil. So just say this. Say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to follow the devil. <laughs> And get all bored when it's time to read the Word of the Lord. All right, okay. I know. Lord, we just thank you for your Word today. God, we thank you that, Lord, that we can can read it. We live in a country that we have the freedom to read the Word of the Lord. There's people that they're laying their lives down just because they're holding on to a Bible or they're getting persecuted or beat up in other countries. And we have it right here. 
We have it in paper form. We have it in electronic form. We have it up on our screens. And Lord, we just want to, God, we just want to hear from you today. In Jesus' name. All right, we're going to be reading out of the NIV today. And so, <laughs> here you go. Check this out. The title of 15 in my Bible says, The Lord Rejects Saul as King. How would you like to go down in history <laughs> as the one the Lord rejected? What if your life was a lesson for others to learn on how not to do your kingship? <laughs> That's tough. But see, we don't understand the full spectrum of our choices that we make and that especially when we understand legacy, the choices that we make today affect people of tomorrow. So if you have kids, the choices you make affect them. They affect your grandkids. It's, 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 it just it is what it is. Saul wasn't realizing that the choices that he was going to make was going to affect his destiny, affect his, his, his legacy, and moreover, be an example for the rest of us to, to see. Because right now what's going on, whether we realize it or not, are there are manuscripts that are being written about your life. In the book of Revelation, it says books were opened. And in those books, were, well, it was everything that we've done. So right now, your life is being scripted. It's like you have spiritual paparazzi following you around, writing down everything that you do. So that could be sobering, and hopefully it could be challenging too, that we live uprightly. 1 Samuel chapter 15, let's get into this. Verse 1, it says, Samuel said to Saul, man, I need to get my headset back, because I like to walk when I read, and now I'm stuck at this pulpit. I need my headset back. Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people Israel. So listen to the message from the Lord. How many of us know when the Lord gives a message you need to listen? Do you know that even sometimes we are in church hearing the message, the word of the Lord, and we're stuck on Facebook? Sometimes the Lord just needs to reiterate, listen. Look at your neighbor and say, listen. <laughs> Do one of these numbers. Now point to yourself and say, listen. <laughs> listen. Okay. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amicalites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them when they came up from Egypt. Now go and attack the Amicalites and totally destroy them. Everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put them to death. Men and women, children, infants, cattle, sheep, camels, and donkeys. We'll pause there for a minute. Okay, does anybody know what happened? I mean, this, this is a harsh judgment. How many of us know that the Lord is the one that, that he brings judgment when it's due? He's a just God. He forgives, and he also brings judgment. He's the one that sits on the throne, on the judgment throne. Okay? And, and the Bible says at the end of our days that we're going to be judged or acquitted by every careless word that comes out of our mouth. So he is, okay, so I'm, let me just backtrack for a minute. Now, the Amicalites, what happened was when God brought Israel out of Egypt... The Amicalites, now all the people that were, because they would travel, they, there was about a million of them, and they're traveling together, but there were some that were slow or crippled or old, and so what happened was those people were kind of further back. Have you ever been in a car and the elderly person in front of you drives like 25 miles slower than everyone else on the expressway? Okay, well, that's, that's what's happening when they're coming. Don't point at your person sitting next to you, Okay. <laughs> 
That's, that's what was happening when they came out of Egypt. They had the crippled, the lame, uh, the, the elderly. And so instead of being up with, with the group, they were, they kind of, you know, were kind of far back. Or if you have like a little kid, you know, and they're kind of like way back there and you're like, hurry up. But what the Amicalites did was the Amicalites went behind them and started killing and picking those people off. That's pretty rough. That's harsh. You're going to mess with old people? Okay, so they, so, they, so they came up behind them, and, they, you know, and so they, they started the, the, the cripples and the, and the elderly and the ones that were. So, so God said, okay, you're not getting judged now, but now I'm going to judge you for that. Do you know that sometimes, sometimes the judgment of the Lord isn't right away? Sometimes it's, it, 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 it takes a little bit. It takes a process. So we're looking at, so if you're looking at somebody and you're seeing them do all kinds of wickedness and you're thinking, why is this person prospering? Because their day hasn't come yet. Okay. And when you look in the Old Testament, God always uses other nations to discipline other nations. Okay. He just, he, that's the way he works. And so there's times when God would use other nations to discipline Israel. Right. Like in Jeremiah's day and in, in, in Isaiah's day. Or, or in, um, uh, what's the other prophet, uh, Daniel's day. And then there's times when God would use Israel to judge other nations. So that's what God's doing. God is using Israel to judge the Amicalites. And he's saying, you know what, because these guys were, because these guys were relentless and ruthless, we're just going to wipe them off the planet. That's tough. Say, that's a tough word. Aren't you glad that you weren't an Amicalite? Because that's rough. And, the th- and I just want to say this, uh, pause, and I know this is kind of a side note. We don't see the full spectrum of people. Sometimes we look and we're like, man, God, that's harsh. But we don't understand the severity of people's sins. We don't understand the severity of the Amicalites. Okay, I, I can guarantee you that if you uh, did a study, went back and looked at the history of the Amicalites, I bet you they were just some wicked, perverse, like nasty, nasty people. So it isn't God going in and slaughtering a bunch of innocent people. No, God is slaughtering people that, that have blood-stained hands. Are you getting this? Savages. Say Savages. Because that's what they were. Okay. Go and attack the Amicalites. We got all that. He's like, slaughter them all. Do not spare them. Put to death, oh my. Men, men, children, infants, cattle, sheep, donkeys, everything. Say everything. Verse 4. So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Telium. 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah. That's quite an army, isn't it? 200,000. That's like half of the city of Toledo just going and... Yeah, that's tough. Verse 5. Saul went to the city, city of Amalek and set an ambush there in the ravine. Then he said to the, uh, to the Kenites, Go away, leave the Amicalites, so that I will not destroy you along with them. For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amicalites. Smart people, don't you think? Oh, you're going to destroy these people? Yep, let's get out the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, we're just going to move on out of here. Yep. Verse 7. Then Saul attacked the Amicalites all the way uh, from Havilah to Shur to the east of Egypt. He took Agag. <laughs> That's a funny name. Agag. King of the Amicalites alive. And all the people he totally destroyed with the sword. Verse 9. But... Say but. Yeah, you can say but in church when there's only one T at the end. <laughs> but Saul and the army, say and the army, 
Okay. Spared King Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fattened calves and the lambs, everything that was good, these they were unwilling to destroy completely. But everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Pause this for a minute. Okay, now, the thing that happened with, with the Amicalites was they were doing what? They were slaughtering off what? The poor and the weak and the feeble. Isn't it interesting that Saul did the exact same thing with the Amicalites? That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Say interesting. You can put that. That's a little side note. You could, you know, underline that or highlight and put, hmm, interesting. It's interesting that he did the exact same thing that the Amicalites did. Hmm, interesting. And notice the two. Notice that Saul and the army. And I want to pause there for a minute. Okay, because I, I can keep going, but I just want to pause here for a minute. First off, I want to know, did the army know that Saul was supposed to destroy all of them? Then the question is, is who, what part of Saul's leadership didn't have the guts to say to him, are, are we doing the right thing? Are we supposed to do it like this? Because I thought that the Samuel, the prophet, said we were to slaughter them all. That's why we got to be very careful that if we have a lot of yes people around us. Because if you have people that aren't willing to at times challenge your decisions, then friends, you don't have the right friends. Because we need people around us that are willing to challenge us because sometimes we're out of line too. God is good. Here we go, verse 10. You know, when it comes, it's, it's going to come hard. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I am grieved that I made Saul king. How many of us know that the Scripture says that in Second uh, Thessalonians that we're not to, or in, not Second Thessalonians, in Galatians, uh, in, uh, that we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit. So God is grieved. I'm grieved that I have made King Saul king because he has turned away from me and not carried out my instructions. Samuel was troubled, and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Let me just say this, okay? Sometimes God will make a decision, and there's times in the Scripture when an intercessor will intercede and pray, and what, what does God do? He relents. He pulls back. We see that happen numerous times. We see that happening with when, uh, with, in, when they were, come out of Egypt, and they're at the bottom of Mount Sinai, and they what? They make a golden calf, and... Moses comes down. What does God say? Does anybody remember what God said? He said, I'm about to totally destroy these people and start all over with you, Moses. But Moses did what? He interceded. He fell on his face. He cried out and he said, Lord, please spare them for your namesake. What did God do? Changed his mind. So Samuel is a man of God. The Bible says that not a single word fell to the ground. So what is Samuel doing? He's crying out for King Saul. Wicked King Saul. Wow. It's powerful. He cried out all night to the Lord. Lord, please relent from your judgment that you want to do to King Saul. What a heart this man had. Verse 12. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul. But he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel there and has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. Oh, Lord. Okay. Let me just say this real quick. 
Gilgal is the place where, where, where uh, offerings uh, are, are, are given. So Gilgal is the place where he's going to give his burnt offerings. But before that he was going to give his sacrifice to the Lord, what does he do? <laughs> are you getting this? He set up a monument in his own honor. King Saul, the one that was anointed, and when they're looking for him, he's hiding in the baggage. Where's Saul of Tarshish? Or not Saul Tar- of Tarshish, Saul, Saul of whatever his last name is. Uh, it's, it's another something. I don't remember. Anyways, and so they're looking for him, and they, they seek the Lord, and the Lord says he's hiding over here. And they pull him up and they say, this is the king. Okay, so this was the guy that was hiding from recognition. And now he's come to a place where he's building monuments to himself in his own name. This guy was anointed as king. The Bible says that he had a heart change when the spirit of the Lord came on him. He began to prophesy. And when he prophesied, the people saw him prophesy. They said, is Saul among the prophets? The spirit of the Lord was on him. What? For, for leadership. To carry out the, the, the obedience word of the Lord. And, and then Saul, the Bible says that he had a heart change. So it's like a person committing their life to Christ. Getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, getting placed in a position where God is using them and then out of, comes into a place where there is a, a time of obedience and Saul does what Saul thinks is best. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Because this is where it gets scary for us as followers of Christ. Verse 13, when Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you, I have carried out the Lord's instructions. Oh my goodness. Saul thought what he was doing was what the Lord asked him to do. He thought in his own mind what he was doing was right. I'm sure you guys have read the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 15 with me where he was supposed to do what? Kill them all. Here we go. So Saul's down in Gilgal, and he's doing what? He's celebrating the victory of the Lord. He's giving sacrifices to God. Looks good, doesn't it? They're having a good time. So Samuel comes up, and, and Saul's like, he's what? He's celebrating. The Lord bless you. I've carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, The soldiers brought them from the Amicalites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. Are you seeing this? The Lord said to do it like this. But in Saul's mind, he thought the Lord will accept this friends we got to be so careful that when we read the word of the lord and the lord specifically gives us instruction on exactly how to live our lives but we in our own heart think you know the lord the word of the lord says this but i believe the lord will accept me like this 
in doing so, friends, we're setting up ourselves as an idol, just like how, how uh, Saul did when he was setting up that monument in his own honor. Because what are we doing? We're now idolizing ourselves and saying, God will accept me like this. When the word of the Lord says that we're to live like this. Are you getting this? The scary thing about Saul is that, friends, I believe, I believe in the kingdom of God that there are people in the pulpit that are preaching like Saul. I believe there are people that are sitting on chairs, living life, saying, yes, Lord, we're doing all that you've asked us to do, but yet they're walking out their life like Saul when God says to do it like this, and they're saying, but we're going to do it like this. Whew. Verse 16. My Bible says, stop. Up on the screen it says enough. New NIV, the old NIV. <laughs> stop! Or enough! Explanation point, right? Isn't it how you say it? Would it have been enough? What's explanation point mean? Emphasis. He's like, Enough! I can't believe what I'm hearing. Stop. Samuel said to Saul, let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me. Saul replied. Samuel said, here we go. Isn't it amazing how the Lord brings perspective Although you were once small in your own eyes. How was he small in his own eyes? Obviously he had insecurity, but we just talked about it. When he was being anointed as king, he was hiding the baggage. He didn't think he was worthy. He didn't think he was, he was good enough. Small in his own eyes. What happens to a, to, a, to a man or a woman of God when they come before the Lord you know, with this humility, small in their own eyes, and then we come to a place where we start building monuments to ourselves. Although you were once small in your own eyes. I know, I'm like, Lord, let me stay small in my own eyes. I mean, I have this big old puffed up head, start building monuments to my own greatness. Did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he set you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amicalites. Make war on them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? I'm going to just pause that for a minute. See, traditionally back in those days when you would take over a city or take over uh, a, a nation and you conquered them traditionally what they would do is they would take the king and they would parade them in shackles and this is the this is the sad thing i can see them doing this and saying look what the lord did look at the victory the lord gave us doing what giving god honor but not walking in the way he sp- called them to walk because they weren't supposed to parade this king agag uh, through the streets 
They were supposed to slaughter him where he stood. Verse 20. (laughs) I'm going to read it. But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. Look at your neighbor say, deception. When the Lord tells us to do it like this, and we say, Lord, no, I'm going to do it like this. And in our own heart, in our own mind, Saul did not think he was wrong. He thought he was obeying the Lord. This is rough, man. I don't know why the Lord had me read this one, because this one's tough. Obviously, he's got some stuff for us today. But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on a mission. The Lord assigned me. And I completely destroyed the Amicalites and brought back Agag, their king. Oh, my gosh. Do you see what happened there? What did he just do? He just added to what the Lord said. Are you getting this? He said exactly what God told him to say, and then he added to it. What does the Bible say in the book of Revelation? If anyone adds to or subtracts from this book, are you getting this? Revelation says, I'm going to add to the, the plagues that are in this book. Meaning what? Disaster, destruction, judgment comes on you, friends, when you add to the Lord's word. I completely destroyed the Amicalites, brought a gag, their king. The soldiers took the sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best, what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Wait, hold on. The Lord your God? Whoa. Oh my. Are you seeing the distance of, because see, when, I don't know about you, whether it's Sunday, whether it's Monday, whether it's Tuesday, it's the Lord my God. And whether I'm standing here or standing there or standing over there on Prouty, He's the Lord my God. I'm telling you, friends, when you walk in disobedience, it, it will distance you from the Lord. Sacrifice the Lord your God. But Samuel replied, one of my life verses here. You should probably memorize this. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as obeying the voice of the Lord? What's more valuable to God? All the stuff that you can give to him? Some people believe that they're, they're, they have favor with God because they're funding the kingdom of heaven. I'm working and I'm, do, and I'm giving God all this stuff. I'm giving God, or here we go, I'm giving God all this time. I'm sacrificing all this service to him. I'm serving, serving, serving. I'm doing all this. I'm running around. I'm, but has the Lord delight in birth offerings and sacrifice, the sacrifice of your time, your energy, resources, as in obeying the Lord? Because you can be doing all this serving and not really living with God. Dan Palmer said it so, so good. And I'm telling you, man, it was one of those. And he said this. He said, he was talking about Mary and Martha. And he said, he said, Martha, Mary was with Jesus while Martha worked around Jesus. She was doing work where Jesus was. 
Mary was with Jesus. She, she was where Jesus, where he is. You get that? There's a big difference. Little side note. You guys still with me? Good. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings? We're almost done here because some of the best verses are still to come here. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. Say this with me. Say, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed, does anybody know what to heed means? It means to pause, to yield. He's like, er, say, er, <laughs> to heed than the fat of rams. Oh, man. For rebellion is like the sin of divination. Another translation would say, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. New King James Version. And arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Oh, man, this is why it's a life verse. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is what the one I have memorized. Is like idolatry. Oh, God. Let me answer my own altar call. Lord, help me. Just lay your hands on yourself and yourself, say, Lord, help me. Mm, come on. I'm, Lord's preaching to me through me in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Yo. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Friends, when you reject the word of the Lord, the, the Lord does what? You're going to be rejected. I don't want to be rejected. And so if I don't want to be rejected by the Lord, then what do I have to obey? The word of the Lord. So God is telling through Samuel, King Saul, you did all this stuff, and this stuff doesn't mean jack. It looked real nice. You, you saved the best of the rams and the sheep to sacrifice to him. But you didn't obey what he asked you to do. And so really, your offering is like poo-poo. Do you know that? Do you know that there's times in the Bible when people would give offerings to the Lord and the Lord reject it? Friends, the only time the, the, the Lord rejects is when there's pride. Why? Because He what? He gives grace to the humble, but He does what? He resists the proud. So God was resisting Saul, who's building monuments to himself, coming into Gilgal, giving all these uh, offerings to the Lord, and he says, I'm not, I'm not receiving that. I just saw you build a monument to your own greatness, and now you're going to come and try to sacrifice? Come on, some of y'all need to hear this. We wonder why we come in on Sundays and we don't have breakthrough. It's because what was the dirt we were doing on Saturday? Because that's exactly what Saul did. Built a monument to himself, idolatry, and then goes into the, to the, to the uh, Gilgal where the house of the Lord is and starts giving him burnt offerings. God didn't, he, he didn't even accept it. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instruction. How many of us know that it's easy to fess up when we get caught? <laughs> Praise God that we get caught, right? 
Mm-hmm. Aren't you, aren't you glad you're grown and you still get caught? When you're a kid, you get caught, it's bad. When you're grown, you get caught, I don't know, it just feels better, I guess. I don't know, it feels better for me. But it's always better to confess before getting caught. Just to let you know. Side note. Put your sin out there before sin puts you out there. Because <laughs> it will. <laughs> Here we go. Here, here's the true motive of his heart. Ready for it? I violated the Lord's command as you instructed. I was afraid of the people, so I gave in to them. <laughs> so King Saul knew the word of the Lord. Knew exactly what to do. But what happened? Some of his... Some of his army, the people that he was around, said, I think it would be better if we took the plunder because these men worked really hard and they deserve some of the gold and some of the nice outfits and all this other stuff. And moreover, we're going to look good because we're going to give the best of the sheep and the rams and we're going to sacrifice them. And King Saul, being king, should have said, no, we're going to do exactly what the Lord says. We're going to slaughter them all. We're going to burn it all because we're going to obey the word of the Lord. But yet he relented. Why? He says, I was afraid of the people, so I gave in to them. Friends, there are those that are going to be cut off from the Lord because they're worried about what people think of, of them. When I'm standing at this pulpit, you can ask my wife. I could give two licks about what people think. <laughs> and I'm not saying that arrogantly. Because what would it benefit me if I had all of your approval, but yet I was rejected by God? Nothing. It would benefit me not one bit. I was afraid of the people. Say fear of man. Say man-pleasing. Friends, those are things that will attack you as a son or daughter of God. I was afraid of the people, so I gave in to them. Verse 25. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king of Israel. Obviously, he's saying it, exclamation point. So I've softened the blow a little bit. But I'm sure that Samuel was yelling. <laughs> you rejected the word of the Lord. Okay. As Samuel turned to leave, how many of us know this is probably one of the biggest rebukes that you that a person could get could have it would be like it would be like the lord coming to josh hester and saying josh you've not obeyed the word of the lord i'm rejecting you as being a pastor of this church Whew. right maybe you're in a position at your job maybe you're like you know you're in a position and you disobeyed and so you get fired i mean those are smaller those are smaller things but this guy was king over a whole nation. And the Lord rejected him. As Saul turned to leave, Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe. And it tore. Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and given it 
to one of your neighbors. God already had David in mind, didn't he? King David, who's going to follow after Saul. To one better than you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Dang! Say ouch. I'm going to just play with my flashlight for a little bit. Verse 29, you may have heard this verse before, and you'll probably hear it again. You you keep yourself plugged into the Lord. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. Saul replied, I have sinned. How many of us know that sometimes when the Lord makes up his mind, he makes up his mind? So it is what it is. Sometimes the Lord will, will decree something, and what happened? Samuel prayed all night, interceded that the Lord would change his mind, right? Isn't that what happened? Isn't that, isn't that the most incredible love that, that he would have for this, for this other man? He was pleading, pleading, and crying out, and the Lord said, nope, I'm done. Sometimes the Lord is just done. He's not a man that he changes his mind, Okay. So when he says, when he says this is it, that you can take it to the bank. Saul replied, I've sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me. Are you seeing this? What is he still concerned about? How he looks! He just got rebuked. The most biggest rebuke ever, and he's still concerned about how he looks. What would have happened if Saul, when he heard all this, fell to the ground, ripped his robe, and said, my God, please have mercy on me? What happens when people beg? What happened with, what happened with King Hezekiah? He got ten more years. But he was so concerned about what he looked like. He said, oh, I've sinned. But will you please come back with me? Because he was concerned about how he looked. Please honor me before the elders of my people so that I may worship the Lord your God. How many of us know that we are called to to honor our, our leaders? We are. So what does Samuel do? Yes, God rejected him. God gave a strong rebuke, ripped the kingdom from him, But Samuel did, verse 31. So Samuel went back with Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. So he went and he did honor him. Then Samuel said, bring me King Agag of the Amicalites. This is messed up. It's messed up when someone else has to finish the job the Lord has called you to do. Because what would happen if King Saul said, if he would have said, you know what, you're absolutely right, I screwed up, I messed up. He ripped his clothes, and he said, we're going to, all, all these sheep right now, kill them all. All the stuff, we're going to give it to the treasury of the Lord. King of Gag, we've got to slaughter him right now. We're going to complete, what, what, uh, we're gonna complete the, the, the message the Lord asked us to do. Do you think, do you think the judgment would have been so severe? I don't know. We don't know. We really don't know. Then Samuel said, bring me King Agag of the Amicalites. 
Agag came to him confidently, thinking, surely the bitterness of death is past. Mm-hmm. But Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so will your mother be childless among women. Dang. This guy. Look at your neighbor and say, Samuel was a beast. Wasn't he a beast? This dude had like the sweetest line before he killed this dude. That was, that was game. I mean, that was, that's like, wow. As your sword has made women childless, so your mother will be childless among women. Dang. And Samuel put a gag to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Who was called to put the, who was called to put, Saul was called to put. The Lord's decree wasn't fulfilled until a gag was killed. And isn't it amazing that, friends, if we don't do what the Lord's called us to do, God will bring someone else in and do it. When we planted this church 11 years ago, that's what the Lord said. This opportunity to plant this church. And I had all my own things. Lord, we're too young. Lord, we're not qualified enough. We're all the excuses, just like Moses, right? I can't st- 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 speak because I st- 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 stutter. All the excuses. And what did the Lord say to me? Man, sometimes the Lord will say something very sharp and precise. Do you know that? He said, either you do it or someone else will. I'm like, Lord, here am I. Send me. I'll do it. I'll do what you want me to do. Because somebody else could be standing here doing my job if I would have said no. And friends, there's things the Lord has called you to do specifically. And if you don't rise up and do them, the Lord will use someone else. And so when you stand before him, the treasure and the crown that, 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 that's supposed to have your name on it, will be handed to, to someone else. Because check this out. Before all of this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, close on this. We're going to just end there. We're going to close on this. When God anointed Saul king, God said to him, if you obey me, I will cause your descendants to rule on the throne of Israel forever. What is he doing? prophesying about the Messiah. Saul's disobedience not only cut him off from being king of Israel, Saul's disobedience cut him off from being in the line of Jesus. And so when Jesus came in, they called him what? The son of David. When he could have been the son of Saul. Stand your feet with me. I know this is a hard word. I'm going to have to go back, listen to this, and repent. (laughs) Happy Father's Day. You know what the best present that we could give the Lord? It's not necessarily even our best worship. It's not two hours of prayer time, 
reading our Bible, serving in Vision Kitchen, all those are great. The best thing that we can give the Lord is our heart that's filled with obedience. So would you come before, would you join with me as we come before the Lord and just say, God, Thank you for your mercy, God. Thank you for your grace towards me today. I want to have a heart that's full of obedience to you. And God, I don't want to be the one that starts making up my own rules and saying, this is what the Lord says. God, I yield myself to you today. God, I just yield my, my agenda. Lord, if I have built monuments in my own name, Lord, in my own brain, if, I am a, if I'm a superstar in my own mind, Father, I just ask that that would break right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I cast down idolatry in my heart. God, I cast down selfishness in my heart. God, I want to be a son, or if you're in here, I want to be a daughter, Lord, that follows and heeds the word of the Lord, the written word of the Lord, from cover to cover, those words. And then on top of that, God, the, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Lord, when you speak to me, God, help me to walk in obedience to you, Lord. If you speak prophetic words, God, help me, Lord Jesus, to recognize what you're saying and to walk in what you've called me to walk in. God, I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. There's so much purpose and destiny and legacy that's in this house that, Lord, that we are called to fulfill. And, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that, God, that somebody else wouldn't walk in my anointing. God, somebody else wouldn't walk in my call. God, somebody else wouldn't walk in the purpose that you've called me to walk in. Lord, I pray that I would walk in obedience to the, to the command of the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray that I would have a heart that's willing to do so. Jesus, help me, God. Just tell him. Help, just tell him, say, Lord, help me to walk in obedience to you. Let me tell you this, friends. The outcome of Saul is a possibility of our outcome and I don't want that so in the name of Jesus I thank you I just cast down that that Saul syndrome in the name of Jesus off my heart God I, I cast down the heart of Saul God thank you Lord Jesus I want to honor you as a as a husband I want to honor you as a father in this house God I want to honor you as, as, as a Christian, I want to honor you as a Christ follower, Lord. And I pray if I'm in this place today and I think I'm doing the right thing, but yet I'm missing it. I thank you even now, God, would you just prick our hearts, God? Would you just, just show us where we need to get in alignment, God? And, and, and I'm going to just say, God, and I repent of resisting I just, God, I repent of the times I've resisted you, Lord. I repent of resisting you yesterday, Lord. Forgive me. I want to say yes to you. Give me the strength and the grace to say yes to you every day. Just go ahead. You can just say that because I think that's a real, real awesome prayer to pray. 
Lord, give me the strength and the grace to say yes to you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, happy Father's Day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he turn his face towards you. And may he give you peace. Friends, I hope you have a fantastic weekend.